Um, I don't know if you are caught up with our episodes, but we have a thing where we have any returning guests, they read the intro. So Wait, um, I'm like two episodes behind. So was this okay. really new or have I just missed it? I guess you probably missed it's it. It's never happened. Oh, stop me. Oh my so, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. I'm your host, Rob, and I'm here with my co-op partner, Nave. How's it going, Nave? It's going pretty... Actually, I'm very sad, but I'm going to say it's going good. I'm not going to unpack that. We also have another person that might be here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's what? really weird? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> sit down, sit down, Phil. Wait. I There's a new indie game on Game Pass called Unpacking. So it's really yeah. weird that you're like, I'm not going to unpack that because I've literally been for the last two hours. Just It's like a puzzle game where you just unpack stuff. And perhaps you're also unpacking in your mind at the same time other stuff. There yeah, it was actually making me very sad also because that mm. is a sad game. There's like... Wait, it's a puzzle game that's sad? Yeah, because it, it's, it's like you're unpacking into your first bedroom as a kid and then you're unpacking your, your uh, first apartment and then you move in with like a boyfriend and then you obviously move out of that boyfriend's house back to your kid back to your parents house to oh, be no. in that kid's room again and nothing's said you just get it you know what i mean and there's specific things like when you like she gets like a degree and in her boyfriend's house there's absolutely nowhere to put it on the wall so you have to like put it in a shelf somewhere and then whenever you get into the kid's bedroom after you move out you have a, there's obviously a picture of her and the boyfriend that you there's a bunch of pictures you stick on a little sticker board and then you can't progress until you take that picture off the sticker board and put it in a in a shelf somewhere. So there's it, there's subtext if you're paying attention. I feel like okay. I've never because I've at this point I've I've moved quite a, quite a bit like you know every year or two or so, um, and I don't know. I think I've just lost all sentimental value of it. Uh, <laughs> maybe perhaps never, none of those places ever felt like home truly, and that's maybe why I never felt like I was actually leaving for permanence. And Even I'm now. here with my co-op partner, Philip. How you doing, Philip? <laughs> Pretty good. You know, whenever you're talking about sad puzzle games, I w- like there's one puzzle game I never played, but I always thought was interesting looking, and that was Catherine. Do you remember that one? Oh, dude, I've beaten Catherine like eight or nine times. I Is fucking, that a sad puzzle game? It's like one game? of the few games. No, it's not. No, it's not it's, sad. It's very, it's very anime. Um, it's sad if you've been cheated on, I guess. But... um. The game is very over the top and and kind of goofy about everything. It's dramatic a little bit, but it's like it never literally pushes into sad territory. I'm sure there's a very very bad ending that is sad, but there's like nine endings, and I never got them all. I got like a handful. And that game is right. very very hard. It is the Dark Souls of puzzle games. <laughs> and that's not um, Zuma Three, the Tomb of Osiris. I could Zuma in my sleep, man. I played oh, Zuma yeah. back on Facebook when it was a flash game. All right, so. For our listeners at home, or call partners at home, we have a guest, and that's Robert from the ASAP Weekly series of podcasts, Rocket League, more notably, Age of Empires currently, and the Pokemon, ASAP Weekly Pokemon Pokepod. Uh, what's it called? It's just ASAP Weekly Pokemon Podcast. Yeah, Look, the Pokepod. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very unoriginal, okay? I just put my you know, ASAP Weekly in front of the, of the game, you know, for the SEO. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to an, a podcast I'd never heard on Good Pods, and they were talking about Pokemon. And eventually, one of the newer games came up where a bunch of Pokemon didn't make it into the Pokedex. I have no idea what they're talking about, so I'm hearing this for the first time. And apparently, they call, like the colloquialism for in the Pokemon fandom is is Dexit, 
Is that correct? Yeah. It's That's true. phenomenal. I mean, listen, Asphalt, I... As far as as the Pokemon podcast go, I mean, this is the funny thing is like even even a little bit Age of Empires, but like, I've I've kept my arm length away from like the actual fandom, and I just kind of do my own thing, and then it like seeps through the cracks what the actual things are. Um, but I think that's why we're special. You know what I mean? All right, we don't we don't run with the crowd. We have original opinions. Me and Philip <laughs> are special too. Um, I agree. I agree. I guess the new thing that everyone's mad about is that experience share is on all the oh, time yeah. and you can't turn it off and i'm like who what kind of sociopath doesn't like experience share <laughs> like are you no, kidding no, me no 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 so you don't understand see <laughs> oh am i on pokemon... the wrong side of the fence of this one yeah see all right so this is jumping ahead but uh, supposedly hypothetically uh pokemon brilliant diamond was leaked a couple days back and available on emulation software uh in homes near you so I hypothetically played it. Allegedly. Yeah. Or I had a friend that played it. And yeah, the experience share completely like kind of babies up the game for me. So, so far I have, I've only played like an hour and a half into the game and I have my starter, my Piplip, which my wife, Jana named carrot for me. So I have carrot and I'm just kind of just catching people on the way. I grab a Bidoof. I grab the classic Zubat. I grab the, um, I know that the one. P- the Pidgey clone that's in Diamond. I don't remember which one it is. The black and white one. Starvey? Star Star Aviary? That's about yeah. right. Farfetched. Yeah. Talon. So I have these boys, and I don't care about any of them except for maybe Bidoof, just because he's Bidoof. But because I was like, you know, obviously my HM slave. But then they brought in the quality of life changes. They're like, hey, no more HM slaves. You don't need that anymore. And I'm like, thank God, Bidoof, you're off the team. You know, <laughs> like, get out of here. <laughs> wow. So, and I just put him in my party and I just haven't gone to a Pokebox yet since I've only an hour and a half in. I have one badge and I've just been steamrolling with Piplip or Carrot in this situation. And I just noticed like Carrot got knocked out during the boss battle or the, the gym leader battle. And I looked in and I'm like, holy crud, every one of my Pokemon in my party are all like over level 10 at this point and i had never used them in a battle and so i was like well i guess i'm just gonna win this fight by default pretty much because my whole team is just constantly over leveled like i don't know like you talked about um dragon and dragon quest the new one yeah like how you could like swap party members and stuff like that did they share experience or did you have to individually level them Mm, i don't remember i kind of repressed that game and out of my memory um yakuza like a dragon they do in fact share experience but it's like you have to increase their bond and so at first they get like 10 percent experience then you increase when you increase their bond level i think it goes up to five um they get like a quarter each time up to 100 percent experience for not being in the party so it i think that that's pretty cool that kind of forces you to have them in your party at some point that's how you increase their bond level you either go out drinking and singing karaoke or whatever or you have them in your party and you fight with them which is like the obviously the fastest way to do it because you're fighting constantly now the big issue i have is just the difficulty factor like i feel like i'm never going to be under leveled for the rest of the game which pokemon's already a grindy game but i almost feel it's too easy i like the idea of experience share in general because you know we're not all like oh die hard i need to annoyingly put a pokemon in and then swap it out what you're telling me is they especially maybe early game like maybe they could have that later game when, when it gets really annoying to like level up all the pokemon where where it's it's kind of easy mode but maybe i think i think there is something to like okay maybe the experience share goes up in percentage of how effective it is as the game continues 
I think when experience share was first introduced, it was a held item, wasn't it? Like, I'm pretty yes. sure it was like yeah. a held item and then, then it worked. It was just like that Pokemon, because there was two items. There was experience share and experience all. And experience all would give it to your whole party and split the XP. Experience share would split the XP with the Pokemon that was in the fight with another Pokemon that was holding the item. Because back in sense. in yellow and red, I think, you could get the experience all because there were no held items at the time. It was just if it was in your pocket, it was turned on. You know what you should do, Philip, to make the game harder? What? You should uh, only have one Pokemon in your party, and every time you want to level up another Pokemon, go back to the Poke oh Center, God. grab that Pokemon, then go out and start leveling it up. Uh, no, I think I'll just... Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to take my blessings on this one. Take my lumps. But by the way, the game, a lot of good quality of life features they brought in from like Sword and Shield. You no longer have to walk on a grid. You can walk diagonally. Big improvements. Uh, Everything is very cute. The graphics are, once again, look like like a Harvest Moon game. But you can get over that pretty quick. I I like Harvest Moon graphics. Sorry. Yeah, me too. I'm probably going to keep playing it. Allegedly. Are you talking about Harvest Moon right now? Or are you talking about like Son of Seasons or whatever? What is it called? Like the new, um, the, the actual Harvest Moon or the generic bad Harvest Moon that's going on right now, or so I've I don't heard. know. I don't. I, don't play I haven't played it since uh, the GameCube. So. Yeah, the like it basically did. They did a harmonics and went off to make Rock Band because you know Activision sucked. That's what the yeah. uh, Harvest Moon people did. They went off and made so- Song of Seasons or something, and then the Harvest Moon people just kept shitting out games. Gotcha. I don't. I actually. I really. That's that's the extent of my knowledge. By the way, in my defense for uh, playing this leaked version of the game. Basically, I was going down to, I'm either going to get Arceus or I'm going to get this one. And Pokemon Company, they just keep popping out these remakes. And I'm like, I don't know. I was already a little burned by Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu. So, uh, like, I was very testy on this one where I'm not sure if I wanted to go through with it. So this is me giving me a chance. And honestly, I say this game, just in my hour and a half, is not worth the 60 bucks. Is it 60 bucks? Probably. Uh, U.S., most likely. Yes. Yeah, most likely 60 bucks U.S. So I would pay at most 30 bucks for this game in its current state. I think, isn't another thing everyone's mad about, isn't like the, whenever it got leaked, it's just one file and it's just like a fucking switch that switches which game it is? I mean, is that really such a bad thing? Because, of course, like it's going to have the data for all the Pokemon on it, even if you can't catch all the Pokemon. But yeah, apparently the, the carts are just... They have the label label printed on it, and there's one program flag that decides if it's, you know, Pokemon flavor yellow or Pokemon flavor blue, you know. I guess you make I guess you make a good point. I mean I wasn't mad, I was just like, this is I'm getting this tangentially from Twitter. But yeah, that's the current news. And the other thing is like with the leak, they're like, hey, they've also like apparently a whole bunch of Pokemon moves in and make the transition either. It's almost like they're updating the meta as they go along. Because, like, there's the diehard Pokemon Showdown fans that have, you know, teams that they've designed since Generation 1 at this point that are, like, fine-tuned, have all the moves. And since, like, uh, Sun and Moon was the last one that might have had all the moves. Do you know when they started, like, trimming the fat? Uh, when it comes to the moves, I, I believe it was just after this generation. Uh, the, the, the diamond. Like, once they started getting into black and white. That's okay, when they that really started it. cutting down and stuff. Because with Sword and Shield and, you know, half, like, I wouldn't say half, 
It might be half. There was a lot of Pokemon that didn't make the cut, but of course Charizard made it through, I think. Was that the joke? Thank God. Like they ended up like <laughs> chopping all of them, but Charizard made it through. But uh, they also cut out a large section of like moves. They were moves that no one really cared about most likely, but I'm sure like somebody, like every Pokemon is somebody's favorite Pokemon. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And God save the people that are, um, oh, what's that one character? Trashmon. The, the fucking <laughs> trash bag. Yeah, trash. Or like cast form or something weird. What's the ice cream cone? Ice cream cone's not bad. I just want to smack it down. I just want to smack it into the floor. You can do a good like kind of hail setup with it in Showdown. Is it like All ice right. cream on its head or is it like a f- solid like fleshy being with like blood vessels and organs inside of it? It just shaped like an ice cream cone? I think it's made out of like ice crystals or something maybe. I don't like this conversation anymore. I don't even know why I turned it into this. Okay. You got a problem with the ice Pokemon, but you see Geodude. What do you think Geodude's made out of? Uh, I think he's like a. I think he's like a jawbreaker. Oh, you God. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what my immediate thought is. He's soft on the inside. Yeah, I think I think he's soft and small on the inside. All right, so that's what I've been playing. That in Morrowind. What have you guys been playing? Let's start with you, Rob. Um, I've been playing the card game of sports titles called FIFA. Because uh, at this point, it's I'm I'm convinced it's just a TCG. That's really all it is. All right. Okay. The pay to win TCG. Hey, stop trying to convince us to play this game because that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what we wanted to hear. No, you don't have to play. You don't have to play. Listen, listen. Okay, only people who who enjoy this sport, I'm sure, will like it. But it's all about collecting, you know, the best cards, players. Uh, and let me put it this way: I just recently, I'm very ha- excited. Uh, I pulled a really expensive card, and then was able to get a whole bunch of good players. So. I pulled the uh, the secret win card, you know. Uh, that's that's the big thing. No, I think beyond that, I've been playing AOE four, which I'm sure we'll talk about way later, and I, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, but I find kind of where I'm at now, right now, is like, I think I'm waiting for Pokemon to come out because um, I have it pre ordered. Since I have a podcast, I, I justify the purchase. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. What I will say is, I've been having like a hunch because th- there's like a Switch game that I've had for a while. And I haven't taken it out yet, but I know if I like take it out, I'm just gonna play it for a couple days. And it's it's the Yu-Gi-Oh one, all right? It's like there's like that single player Yu-Gi-Oh Switch game. Okay, I think that one is also on Steam, and I don't know if you've looked in the. Uh, is it the one that's on Xbox also? Probably, but if you look at the Super Transforming Dinosaurs chat, you know our like Shadow and the boys, they've been playing that. Like, just recently, like, our fringe group. Isn't it 1v1? Like, that's my one problem. It's like a single-player game, right? If I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure, actually. I thought this was, like, the all-inclusive one. There's, like, all the cards are here from years of Yu-Gi-Oh. No, it is, but it's, like, a single-player. It's, like, play through the plot of every single Yu-Gi-Oh anime. Is it the Yu-Gi-Oh Legacy of the Duelist? And yes. And it's got something yes, ex- yeah. extra on it? The, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the one before that, that didn't have... Like, this one is literally just, like, the same game. It just has another season of anime on it, I think. I wrote the walkthrough on True Achievements for getting all the achievements or trophies in that game. And it really? was arduous. It was arduous. So you know how to play Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Yeah. I, my, my freaking screen is so dark because this, this screen is black also. All right. Um, in the story mode, this is going to mean nothing to the listeners that don't know how to play Yu-Gi-Oh. Or maybe it will mean so it'll be it'll... Your listeners know everything, okay? Yu-Gi-Oh is a cultural landmark in the 2000s. Come on. Yeah, they they Z, Synchro, they know Well, it all. definitely I don't know any of that. That's the thing. I don't know shit about anything past like the first generation of Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm going to call it generation in air quotes where you had to tribute summon and shit. Yeah, but that was four seasons, dude. That was four seasons. That could have been like 5 years, half a decade, all right? It's not so, bad. <laughs> in the story mode, you can make illegal decks. So 
I got I I made a deck with four car four well i mean you can still there are still limits you can't just have all the pieces of exodia and that's it but i made an exodia deck with four pieces of each limb and head of the exodia and all of the draw spells and that's it that's the whole game that's the whole deck and you win on turn one or turn two every freaking match except for one in the story mode where you fight somebody who has a card called genzo yeah and it just fucking stops you from doing it i don't know how i literally really don't know how but i had to figure out how to beat that guy like with actual cards and shit I'm like, fucking sad. but every other match it's like you have to play a thousand matches so it's like you're yugi and you're fighting kaiba wow and then when you beat the season it's like okay now you have to flip it so that you're kaiba, you're kaiba. and you have to beat yeah. yugi but but you have to do it for all of them and there's like a fucking million of them so you're literally <laughs> just drawing exodia on turn two for for a hundred games in a row until you get all the achievements it's terrible that's incredible i'm mean, gonna be honest like one of the reasons that i'm pulled to that game more than anything and why i bought it i mean i enjoyed it the couple of games i've already played but is i don't know if you remember the game boy advance game that was like it's not the like the nice looking one all right that you're kind of like walking around like in pokemon it's the one where it's, it's like duelist of roses or something like that it's it, or is that PlayStation? It's it was Game Boy Advance, and it's like it's literally there is there's no cutscenes, okay? It's mm. it's just like here are the the bosses you're fighting, okay? And the rules don't aren't don't work. Like, they're not the real rules of Yu-Gi-Oh, okay? There's just some made up rules for this particular game. But I remember loving this, all right, because you'd play it and you're like, I have no idea what's going on. But the fact that you can get Yu-Gi-Oh to be on this Game Boy Advance with like the worst graphics ever. Uh, was mind blowing to me at the time. So that's that's some memories from from Yu Gi Oh for me. Classic. Uh, I know Philip's seen this, but have you, uh, Rob? Have you seen the YouTube video of uh, everything wrong with uh, Yu Gi Oh season one, where he's oh, like no. just pointing? Oh my god! Okay, we're gonna have to link this in the in the in the thing. I'm just gonna send it to you. You don't have to watch it now. But he goes through the first season of Yu Gi Oh. I think he did like three seasons of it, and he's just like, this card doesn't exist. It's not real. And this card is not a trap card. It's a magic card. And then he's like, this card is just a JPEG of the moon. <laughs> and, <it literally laughs> and you're like, oh my god, it is. <laughs> it's just the moon. It's an awesome video. Yeah. Have you ever seen heard of Yu Gi Oh Zero? Have you heard or heard of that? No, is it like no, a bridge? No, no, no. So, okay, the the bridge. I've watched the bridge. The bridge is great. But uh, Yu Gi Oh Zero. So the original like manga for Yu Gi Oh. Um, oh, you're talking about season like, zero. Season zero, yeah, yeah, that's what. I was yeah, talking about. I know what you're zero. talking about. Then it, it, it's like it's like you know it's where like Yami like burns a kid alive and like they're they're playing. He's like king of games. So Yu Gi Oh is just one of these like ten games that they play, and there's just Yami being like the i don't know the gangster that runs the school it's kind of it's kind of the that is that is the plot but that's the original like ma- like comic book that yeah that and they play like Yu-Gi-Oh. a lot of games they play like liars dice they play like it was just a weird amount well of, some like, games was games literally like what am i holding like what am i holding behind my back you know like yeah he was the king of games so he just like yami would win all these things but he just became like the the playground bully i don't know i, I thought it was great but he killed people he literally yeah. burned someone alive so uh that's that's where Yu-Gi-Oh came from and uh suggested reading if anyone wants to. aren't they killing people in Yu-Gi-Oh too what is the shadow no realm? they send him to the shadow realm <laughs> <laughs> the shadow that realm sounds like worse than death yeah. i'd rather just well, get shot have you seen like the censors where like instead of uh having guns pegasus guards in the four kids version they edit out the guns so they're just holding their hands like this like, <laughs> like they have a gun that is in that YouTube video. He, oh, he, he points out 
the four kids censorship. It's amazing. It's incredible. All right, Nave, what have you been playing? You know what I just realized? Like, so Robert wants to use this for his podcast, but like we've been screwing it up, like for like. Oh, I've I've you, you, within one minute, I'm I'm like, all right, so I'm probably just gonna use the last bit of. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's whatever. <laughs> and I'll link everyone if they want to listen to this part to your guys' show. All right, that's well, that was, I, already within the first minute. I'm like, yeah, that that. I'll just do a second intro, forty minutes in. <laughs> um. So I've been playing Fatal Frame, uh, made another Blackwater, I think it's called, and uh, I don't know if it's like a remake or something. I heard it was bad. Uh, I don't think so. It's not scary though. I was kind of because I've never played a Fatal Frame game, but I've always had this idea in my head that this is like the scariest game because obviously taking pictures of the ghosts to fight them is like way scarier than shooting them with a gun. And at the end of the day, it is like the same thing. You are just pressing the right trigger with a crosshair on the thing. You know what I mean? And since you're taking pictures of it, the game encourages you to like let them get as close as possible and then begin to strike so that you can like do a fatal a fatal shot or something oh, like that. Oh, I was really hoping you were going to say fatal frame. Like, he's on the title! <laughs> You get to take a bunch of pictures because every time you take a picture, they has to reload a, another picture or something. I don't know how it works. If you do the fatal shot or whatever, you get to shoot like multiple times, and that's how you kill the ghost really fast. And also, I'm infamous, I guess, on this podcast for not being a scaredy boy when I play scary games. I kind of disassociate. The more I played the game, the more I was like, this is kind of fun. This is kind of, it's like very arcadey. Like you're getting points as you're shooting them. Like it's like 2,000, 3,000 oh, points. So it's like Resident Evil type stuff. Well, I was thinking it was more like Time Crisis or House of the Dead. You know what I mean? Okay. That's what I felt like I was playing. House of the Dead and sounds like a good crossover. At the end of the levels, you get a bunch of points. And at first, I didn't know what to do with these points. Because like, when you're in the between levels, after you get the points, you can get costumes. Like You can dress them up in little goth girl, frilly dress uniforms and stuff. You know how the Japanese like to do. And um, I was like, okay, well, I guess this is all the points are for is for costumes. So I just bought all the costumes. I didn't realize. I went like seven missions in with like a ton of points because they're not giving me any more costumes. And I pressed start. I'm trying to find like a way around or something. I'm like, maybe it told me how to get through this. I went flipping through the menus and there's an upgrade area where you upgrade oh, your camera. No. So I was going forever. I was never dying either. I was not having a problem. I was just going the whole time with the vanilla camera, unupgraded or anything. And so once I upgraded it, I was a god. I just thought these ghosts, you had to take 76,000 pictures of them to kill them. <laughs> I don't know. You were doing the Resident Evil 2 knife only run? Yeah. In under an hour and a half. Which, man, have you seen Resident Evil 3 speedruns? They look egregious. No, I haven't. On the, I literally the new just, one or the old one? No, the old one. I, I just randomly got a YouTube video recommended, and I fucking love speedruns. I don't know why. But this game has, like, 65 different points throughout the game. It's a very short game. So in this short period, there's 65 points where there's intense RNG that dictates whether or not you should probably restart the game or not. He's like, this is the world record. And I'm going to go through each one of these spots telling you wh what is the best RNG and then any other RNG that can happen. And then what the world record holder got. And out of the 65, he got like 21 of them with good, not the, even the best, just good RNG. Mm -hmm. And he was like, this is like a 0.0000015% chance that you get this good RNG that he got. And I'm like, how do people play this game? <laughs> like, I would destroy everything, man. But you know, it's funny you bring that up because they just did the the stress test for Elden Ring. 
And of course, like I'm in all the Dark Souls groups. So there, there's always like the memes of like, everyone's so happy that there's more Souls content. And then they, they show all the sad memes of all the people that speed run Dark Souls games using only a ladle at Soul Level 1. And they're like, no, not again. Not again. <laughs> it's like, I only beat Dark Souls games with the Donkey Kong bongos. <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite way to play. All right. Do we have any more games on the list? Uh, Forza Horizon 4. Have you been playing any of those, Rob? Forza Horizon... <sighs> It's the no. card game without soccer balls. I know, I know. No, I, I actually, I like Forza a lot, but um, no, I have not been playing. Forza? I don't know how uh, people might yell at us now, because I said Forza. It's Forza. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know. People are very passionate about it being Forza. Forza? But I don't understand that. Yeah, like with a T in, in there somewhere. Kind of like, you remember how Victor... This is the same thing as uh, Godham Racing? Is no, I, I was thinking of uh, when Victor was criticizing my English and pronunciation of Portuguese names in Rainbow Six. And he was like, yeah. it's Capitone. And I'm like, there's no N in there. It's just, <laughs> it looks like, it's like C-A-P-I-T-A-O, Capital. And I'm like, he's like, Capitone. I'm like, all right, dude, I don't know. It's understood. You win. What was I talking about? Forza Horizon uh, pretty fun. Yeah, car game. Mm. It's beautiful. I'm playing on the Series X. And um, I don't know why I pointed at it. This is an audio podcast. It, it, it's, it's beautiful. And I'm just driving around and like breaking all of the little signs for experience. And there's like fast travel signs too. And they, like, put them on top of buildings and shit. And you're expected to, like, ramp off of a mountain a mile away. Like, go and YouTube, uh, like, uh, like walkthroughs to get all of the boards, right? I'm sure there's an achievement for it. Because there, there's, like, a mountain a mile away. And you have to get in, like, a Ferrari and go 180 miles in the desert hitting cactuses and shit. And ramp off of the peak at the exact angle while the sun is at 23 degrees because once you're in the air you can't this isn't like mario kart you can't like fucking maneuver in the air anymore you're just you're going now in that trajectory hoping that you were going exactly fast enough and you're pointed exactly at the right angle that you land on this tiny little shack with a cardboard cutout on top of it Perfect. to smash there it's like there's one that's on a uh i'm sure this one has to be famous because it's like you know how you have like the metal power lines like the huge ones like yeah. the industrial ones like the high tension wires yeah um there's one hanging off of the top of one of those and i'm just like i guess i'm just never getting these like <laughs> this is yeah. ridiculous looking how i i the first one i found i was like challenge accepted and then 25 minutes later i was like fuck this i just want to i just want to race a race now just to, just to accomplish something it makes me think of burnout paradise when there's just so many collectibles everywhere all over the paradise city yeah, there's like one for driving on all the roads, and I think that is in Burnout Paradise also. Yeah. I don't know. It is very fun, though, and the, the soundtrack's pretty cool. I was playing it with my headphones on, getting a little vibration into my brain. I'm sure that's healthy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've also been playing Yakuza Like a Dragon, I guess, a whole bunch. That's just always being played. It's very yeah, it's good. usually um, what I see you playing. Did I talk about... There's a guy There's a guy that's a bartender. Did I talk about this? That I'm yeah, pretty did. sure is someone who was previously in the game all right well right? this is happening again I, I don't know he he won't reveal himself the fucking coward all right <laughs> I, I feel like i feel like because well, I, I heard a little bit of this before i i'm starting to feel like there's like almost like a seven hour gap before this reveal happens like that that's what it is in my mind like you walk around for like 20 hours between the the two sightings of this person and you you maybe one day you'll figure it out or maybe not maybe they just won't tell you that's how in my mind when i've been listening to the show 
you talk about this that's that's how my mind works yeah i also play these games very slowly like i just (laughs) now i i for two days straight went through and just only did the management simulator mini game where you're just getting loads and loads of money and so i was just like i'm just gonna farm money here and get the achievement for becoming the number one business in all of japan or whatever the hell it is (laughs) god which you oh. get this chicken. There's a there's a reference to Yakuza Zero, I think, uh, where or maybe it's Yakuza. No, it's definitely Yakuza Zero. Uh, you get a chicken that can manage one of your stores, and his name is Omelet. And I was like, oh, it's Omelet. That's great. And I just like totally mi- mi- like Jedi mind tricked myself because the chicken that was in Yakuza Zero that Kiryu gets for winning a bowling challenge <laughs> that he also uses <laughs> okay. to manage his company, but um. That chicken's name is uh oh fuck I'm Nugget that's his name it's Nugget which is a <laughs> okay. way better name Nugget is chicken a chicken named Nugget and then the chicken named Omelet all right but this isn't what I was talking about um I'm pretty sure this happened again all right now this seems like a big story beat but I mean I'm not gonna spoil anything obviously because I want everyone to play this I desperately say every fucking episode I want everyone to play Yakuza but um. There's a character with white hair that there's only like one character in all of Yakuza that I can remember that has like just bleached white hair. Like he looks like fucking uh, Dante from Devil May Cry. He's like a Korean Dante. And um, he's like one of the bad guys that ends up becoming like cool until he gets killed. Oh, I just walked. Uh, I guess I spoiled Yakuza 6 a little bit, but um, it's obvious he's going to get killed because he's a bad guy. Most of them die. Anyway, so um, uh, he gets killed. He gets like fucking hella killed. All right, like like he gets brained. Like the guy in the bar, the bartender guy that I'm suspecting is another character in Yakuza zero one two and three. That guy kind of like got shot up, but he you're just like no, and then you left. And people have survived that multiple times throughout the series, where you, he gets shot up, stops breathing, you're like ah, and then like you leave on a quest for vengeance, you know, and then they come back and they're totally fine. Well, this guy got shot right in the... He got brained like he was a fucking zombie in Resident Evil, all right? Like, gone. Now, this guy had a mask, you know? And not a pandemic mask. Actually, it is like a a pandemic mask because you know how Japan is. It was one of those masks. And, um... But he had this hair. And these these fucking sexy Korean eyes and he has eyeliner on and shit. I'm like, is that... Is that this same guy from Yakuza 6 who clearly died? And then... That I haven't seen anything of him since. Actually, in the story, I'm like hunting this guy down. So I'm like, I don't know. I'm I'm just gonna have to see his face because if it is, then I'm questioning everything. I don't know what the hell's going on anymore. I don't even particularly know where this game falls chronologically in the series, but I'm pretty sure it, it falls after Yakuza Six, because it's like 2019 in this game, and I don't think Yakuza Six was in 2019. I think I think it was like more like 2016 or 2017. Anyways. And that was the Yakuza corner of the pod. You guys put the timestamp in where I'm done talking about Yakuza, so everyone can skip it. <laughs> okay. All right, so I think that covers all our yeah. game chat. Or you got something for Yakuza? I just want to say I personally enjoy it. I feel like yeah. it's a reoccurring, reoccurring na- uh, narrative that like keeps keeps the pod together. You know. I thought he was gonna say reoccurring nightmare that I'm living through. <laughs> 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 confused every day nothing's really changed but i i feel like i experience it every time it's like coming home (laughs) at this point i'm ready to play yakuza but i'm already gaining like 
nugget and omelet knowledge. And I'm like, well, that reminds me of Oblivion, pork chop and um, bacon, your, your pigs or whatever. But I don't know, like, I'm ready to play Yakuza, but who has the time, am I right? Yeah, I, I, you don't have to play these games for 150 hours like I do. You can pretty, you can mainline the story if you wanted to and just kind of wander around to occasional sub stories oh, that actually scared me when you when i was like you know i'm probably gonna start with the yakuza zero and you were like hey check this out and you send me a video like like a review of yakuza zero and this guy's like all right i'm gonna get the he talks about the extra fighting styles that can only be locked through <laughs> certain mini games and he's like this mini game took me i think he said some ridiculous like 50 plus hours of grinding in this terrible <laughs> mini game of like what was it uh, real estate management or something like that. And yeah. in the end, he's like, That's so where you run around like Freddy Cougar or something like that, <laughs> slashing people in half, which doesn't kill people until it does kill them in a cutscene or something like that. Yeah, because canonically, you never kill anyone. You just shoot them and stab them and break their necks and shit. <laughs> you yeah. just, you, but you're not killing them. It's like the Batman games. Which uh, one question I asked you and you never answered. So Kiryu's white suit, like, is that just like, is that just his look, or is there a story behind it? Um, that's his look. He just okay. has he just has a look. Um, the looks change slowly change over the games. I think in Yakuza Zero, Yakuza Zero, he has a different suit. But at the end of Yakuza Zero, he ends up in the suit for Yakuza One and Two and Three, and that's supposed to be like an Easter egg for people who know what he gotcha. looked like before. But I didn't know, so I I was like, oh, that suit's pretty cool. And then I played Yakuza One. I was like, oh, look, he's still wearing that suit. That's cool. And then every other Yakuza, and I'm like, oh, looking back. It all comes together. We should probably link that video, too, because that video is fucking sweet. It does spoil some of Yakuza 0, but it's fine, man. It's not a, It doesn't spoil enough. It's still very dramatic, <clears throat> and it's very funny. That thing, that video just popped up on my feed, too. It's like YouTube's got an algorithm that knows what I like. All right. So I think that covers the game we've been playing. So one little news bit that I wasn't going to talk about until we got Rob on the pod Rob, because of you, you actually put some stress on my professional life. What do you mean? <laughs> what did I do? So I recently changed jobs. Like, you remember, I went through school, like reschooling and all that stuff for the Air Force. And in my old job, I was unclassified or just like secret level, you know, confidentiality, which anybody can get pretty much. But then I had to get Air Force top secret clearance. Cool. But then... My job here, I have to work with the NSA systems, so I need NSA level clearance. So I had to get a polygraph and everything. And so for a week, of course, I'm sweating getting a polygraph. I'm like, what if they're going to think I'm a terrorist or something, you know? And they like, all right, you need to report all your foreign contacts. And I'm like, I don't have any foreign contacts. And then, you know, a <laughs> week later, I'm like... I've met about six Canadians since I started the podcast, and I know they're Canadians. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, what am I going to do? And so like, I'm like, okay, they obviously- They think you're like a Manchurian candidate or something? Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, obviously it's not a big deal. I only talk to them maybe once a month or you know, or a week or so, you know? So I don't really know these guys. They're, they're not contacts. And then like the day before they give me this paperwork and they're like, you need to report all your contacts. If you don't, it could screw up your results because in your mind, you're going to be thinking about them and thinking how you didn't report them. So everyone needs to be reported. I'm like, come on, man, you don't need to report that stuff. So it's like hours before I'm about to go to it. I'm like, oh God, I'm so, I, I'm, <laughs> I can't do this. So I like, I print out the form I filled out, which it's so funny because they even have like slots for like gamer friends. 
and you put their username and what you talk to them on discord or whatever. So you are now on a NSA document, which I then had to go in and like turn into my investigator. Wait, did, did you have to find my last name? Is that wait? No, how do you found my last a, name? I Is only, that what you're telling me? I only put in your gamer tag. You're like Lazero, you know? That's all I put on the paper. Canadian. Oh my goodness. Discord. Oh no. They know everything, dude. Yeah, they know everything now. <laughs> You're on a list. And of course, like there's I bring an it American in. SWAT team outside your window right now. We can see because we can see behind you, but you can't. <laughs> yeah. And so, and I, I bring the paper in and I have like a couple other Canadians on the list now, too. And I'm like, I know all these Canadians. And they're like, oh man, you're supposed to turn in this list like a week ago. And they're like, well, just for the list. I want you to lie and say you turned this in a week ago so we can go ahead with your lie detector thing. And I'm like, is this a trap? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they then questioned me for an hour if I was a terrorist and if I was trying to sabotage the United States or leak information. And it turns out I'm not. So it was pretty easy for me. And I was able to pass. No problem. But for a while there, I was sweating because I met you. Okay, So I just want to know, was I the first Canadian that you met? Yeah. Oh, so I'm the problem. I gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Because if and I was like one was, of uh, many, but not the first one, I'm like, can't pin this all on me, okay? Yeah. I mean, you were definitely the first one. Before this, I could not name any Canadians, I don't think. And that was the other thing is like, I had to think like, okay, I think these guys are non-United States, but I don't know if they're actual foreign contacts. So if I didn't know you were actually Canadian, you know, I would have not worried what about it. What if I never told you? What if you never yeah, knew? Yeah, like then it wouldn't matter. Because I wouldn't know. But then, you know, what if they? Anyway, I, I we're, we can stop this. <laughs> yeah, I just I, want the to get story's great though. The story's great Thanks. though. Turns out I was freaking out over nothing. Anyways, I think we should take a quick break and then we'll hit our topic game. And we're back. So, if you're just joining us now from the ASAP Weekly Age of Empires podcast, I'm Philip from Gaming Together with my co-op partner Nave and our guest Rob. Yeah, I, I guess I'll do the intro now so I don't have to do it later. Maybe maybe I'll do myself that favor. This yeah, is a snippet from their main podcast, so go check out the whole show if you want to hear the whole show. And uh, yeah, they're awesome. You should, you should go check out their uh, gaming content. Um, and this is just bonus content for my AOE listeners. And it'll be explicit. Woo! Go! <laughs> yeah. So, Age of Empires, a game we talked about back on episode, I don't even know, like 7, 8, or 9, somewhere around there. It was way back in the early days. Of gaming together we had you on that was the early just... days now oh boy <laughs> yeah that was the early days look at us now we've come so far were you weren't you our first guest or was it someone else we had friends as guests i may have recorded it first you we were the first guest that we didn't actually like know yeah you were a life. stranger yeah I, I i took them and i threw them against the wall i'm like listen i need to be on your show okay you don't have a choice that's what happened and since then, we've gone on your shows. You've gone on ours. Match made in heaven. I never went on. Oh, never mind. Yeah, I did. We went on. Oh, <laughs> we you forgot that? Oh, it wasn't memorable. Don't worry about it. So we talked about Age of Empires 2 uh, DE, you know, the definitive edition last time. And this, we said Age of Empires 4 was coming out. And it's, is it out now? Or is it just in like Game Pass release? It is out. It is out. Okay. It was released the 28th of October. So it's been out for two weeks now and everyone's been playing it. All right. Full disclosure. I have watched about three hours of videos on it at this point, but I have not played the game. So I might be a little misinformed just on what I have observed. I want to know the misconceptions. So please tell me what you think the game is like. <laughs> okay. So I, I put this in the notes. Uh, the biggest things I noticed is 
the walls look really good. Like the walls that you build up around, like, like they look awesome. Like the buildings, I love the dynamic landscaping that comes up from the city hall to like the villages. It's like the paths will appear and then they'll eventually become like cobbled as you get through the castle age. And I'm like, this game looks really good. Like it looks, I don't know. It's, it's crispy. It, okay. Opinion. So, and I've, I've slowly come to the realization of what this game was. Like, I, I think I found it somewhere like midway through my last podcast that I was doing like the first, first impressions podcast that we just did. And it is the most, they've taken every good idea in RTS thrown it into a mixed bag and then, polished it to infinity right so it's not like redefining many many things but i think any rts player is like like the more you play the more you're like oh no i love this game and i can't exactly put pin my like put my finger on it but there's so many little quality of life and nice looking things that are part of it that like as you play you don't even realize that you're like oh i'm just like i'm starting to understand why so many people are enjoying this game i think I think it's more of a success than I, I could have thought previous. I remember one the, thing you um, said. Hold on, Dave. I listened to your podcast okay. episode on first impressions. And hey. one thing you said that I, or I think it might've been uh, your partner. Uh, oh, I don't remember his name. Something about punching things maybe, or he's a fighter. What's his boxer name? Boxer Saint? Yeah, that's it. Boxer Saint. Punching things. Yeah. So I think he might've said like this game, instead of being more than some of its parts, it's definitely the value of the sum of its parts or something like that. Like, all the good things are good. Yeah, it doesn't have one characteristic that makes it pop out beyond all the other, you know, RTS games that ever existed. But it's just done those things that have been kind of developed over the last 20 years of making RTS-style games extremely well. Um, And you you can just feel... You can feel the 20 years of, you know, RTS history in this game. You know, I'm giving it so much praise, and it's like... At the same token, I'm like, should you buy this full, like, you know, price game? I'm like, if you're not into RTS, well, maybe save that for final words. Ah. All right, Nate, you were saying. Okay. Um, what were we talking about? Because <laughs> this game, it's good at being an RTS, but then again, they've been no, making RTS that. games for 20 years. Uh, that. Polygraph tests are all superstition and lies. No, no, no not that far. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. Okay. Have you have you had an impression of this game or any inclination, yeah. Nave, to to play to play an RTS game? <laughs> I absolutely love uh, Age of Empires, and I've been having a lot of fun with Age of Empires Four. My experience, I haven't, I don't have a whole lot of experience. I think I'm almost done with the first campaign, but um, it's been a struggle with the game itself in my computer, where you know how most PC games will be like these. These are the settings that your PC should be at. So it put it at like 630p. And everything oh, no. at minimal. Every it looked like it literally looked like a uh, like an abstract painting. I was looking at, <laughs> and, I, and it was the very first mission where you're like at the bottom and you have to storm the hill. So yeah, I'm just playing the, the game, getting through that mission, just to so that I can change the settings. You know, every time you change significant settings, like changing it from medium restart. to high or something, you got to restart the game. My PC is not the fastest. She's not the fastest girl. So it, every time I had to restart it, I'd go off and like grab a cookie or something, walk around my house, get some exercise in. And I was just slowly, because I, I believed it. The game was like, these are the settings your PC should be at. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to very slowly move these settings up. And I'm I'm basically on medium settings at 1080p now, and it's still running fine, but it still looks strange. So I'm like, I'm not sure what setting is making my game look this strange, but it looks significantly, I can tell that there are human beings down there now. Like, before it was, like, I had to, like, use my imagination. 
do, do you think it's because of the way the game actually looks? Because the game does f- give a weird vibe. I think I've gotten used to it. It's it's like I've, I've watched enough games and played enough games where it completely doesn't annoy me right now. But I definitely feel my like first even hour, right? Or even the games I was watching before I got to play the game. I'm like, I don't know, right? That, that's how it felt, especially watching. I'm like, I don't know if I if I really enjoyed the, like, the, whole, the aesthetic as a whole. Um, but then when I got to play it, I, I kind of got used to it. So it, it just stopped annoying me. I think I might have gotten used to it as well. I I definitely looked at a YouTube video of someone playing it like it's supposed to be played, and it and it does look different than what oh, I okay. see when I'm playing my game. But um, my my game there's a lot less like well, detail, obviously. <laughs> I was yeah. I don't know. I think I was gonna try to be funny, but um, I don't know how far I can continue to push the PC because I'm just doing a level every time I knock, uh, I move it up a little bit. So, and so that is obviously taking a very long time because once you get past the first couple of tutorial levels, you are like actually playing for a little like you're playing a little bit so it's like i don't know i was thinking about starting to do skirmishes but now um if i leave the game on like if i pause it and leave it on and walk away for like 20 minutes like to do laundry or something and come back and start playing again it'll freeze the moment i i open the game back up but that is just like par for the fucking course for my computer so that is just like oh yeah typical my pc freezing right now you know what I mean? So I don't think that has anything to do with Age of Empires. I just need a new computer. I don't know if I want to bring this up, so this this could go to either of you. But do you, have you had any problems with the UI? Because I think there's certain civs where like it, it gets overwhelming. There's just like an Excel spreadsheet of like upgrades or like stuff. It looks like a like, lot of text. There's like what? more than you'd expect with a game that's usually just large icons. And they're really small too. I feel. But I, I yeah, like I, it's definitely meant for an HD display probably larger than the average if you get away with it i i'm still i like i said i've only played the first campaign a couple of times like i've replayed a couple levels just trying to see if it looks better and then i'm just trying to get i'm just trying to get the things worked out like every time i turn it on it's like you don't have enough ram to play this game and i'm like what are you talking about i have 16 gigs of ram and then it's like your your drivers aren't updated i'm like what are you talking about my drivers are definitely updated and then it's just like, okay, it's going to crash. And then I'm perfectly fine as long as I don't leave the game running too long. The game itself is very fun. Like, as I, I'm I'm having a lot of, just even in the campaigns. And, like, one thing we can talk about is, unless you guys want to stay here for a second, but uh, the campaigns in between each level has the lore dump, you know. But the lore dump has these awesome high-def documentaries, basically, where, like, they, and then they, like, have paintings of people, like, like a bunch of soldiers ru- like rushing a castle that's still up to this day and there's like modern day people walking around while these yeah, paintings should... are running really? around fighting it's very that time cool. that time lapse where like they show the castle like in the animated form and then they switch to like you know 2020 probably right uh yeah. 2021 just like oh there's a car driving by and there's people there i, I thought that's so cool like early on in the first campaign it's like this was the this was the side of the battle of hastings or something like that and it's just a field and then they just paint a bunch of people battling each other on the field and then it's gone you're just looking at a field again and she's like just talking about the history of the battle and stuff and i I remember when this game got revealed at like e3 everyone was complaining about it because it's just they were like here's a five minute documentary on catapults and I was just like, that's so strange. Why would they? I guess it's interesting because I like that stuff, but I can see why everyone was upset about it. But now that I'm playing the campaign, I'm like, oh, that's like the fuck. That's like just what the campaign is. Like you're playing the game and then you get like this docu series, like a small docu series in between. 
And I think that works. Like, honestly, like this is the one thing that I've always wondered. It's like, you either have to go full history or full story. You can't really do an in-between, you know? I think that's why... I mean, have you seen Assassin's Creed? You can just make it up as you go along. I definitely think we talked about that last time we we had you on. When we were talking about improving the uh, Age of Empires 2. Yeah, and I I think the AoE 3... Oh, sorry. Like, to Assassin's Creed credit, like, I think that's what you have to do. You kind of have to be like... You can... Like, don't tell me too much history. Give me like a completely original story that's like bonkers. But I know right away it's not a real story. You know, I think yeah. that was the problem with AOE three is like it tried to be like a real story, but it's kind of history, but it's kind of not. It it honestly, my biggest complaint about that the missions were too short. It was like five minute missions, and you're kind of like, okay, why did I sit down? <laughs> <laughs> the loading screen wasn't worth this. Oh man, my loading screens are not good. Okay, well, or you're already I... on the next one, and you're like, yeah. All right, so yeah. you both have played it. Uh, at this point, I wanted to ask, like, if this game was, uh, was it great for returning players or was it more welcoming to newcomers? I think this is, okay. If you've played, you have to have at least played like Warcraft 3, Starcraft 2, you know, um, Age of Empires before, uh, maybe like some other RTS game, even like League of Legends. I think even like a League of Legends or a Dota, if you, if you played those. Then you could have the micro on point, st- right? Well, you would have a general idea how these games play, right? And yes, you have to get used to like more more soldiers or whatever. But I think you play a couple of campaign missions. Um, it it felt okay. Don't do the art of war first. I'll say that once again. Uh, that is the last thing. It's it's someone yelling at you, and it's a little too advanced. I think the the first campaign, the normal campaign, is the way to start because it kind of you know it kind of gives you bite sized information on how to do stuff. Um, but I would say not necessarily Age of Empires players, but definitely people who've played RTS, like real-time strategy games before. So um, because there's such a wealth of knowledge, like I felt, and I'm kind of seeing this discrepancy because like right now there's no rank ladder, right? It's all quick play. It's like, so sometimes I'll go into games and be like, can I just play like a new Civ and, and still have fun and be like on equal footing? Or should I like play like this really, you know, the civ- civilization that I've gotten used to, um, but then I'll roll someone if they have no experience, right? Um, so I think it definitely does favor returning players or play- people who have played RTS games before. However, right, and I think this is the one nice thing is like, there's never been a time like this, maybe in the last six, seven years, right? Maybe six years, right? Although I'd even argue like StarCraft 2, it's like after after Heart of the Swarms, it's been really hard to like be a new player getting into it. So it's probably been like, you know, six, seven years before there's been an RTS game where people are like, yeah, this is you can try this out. You can try this genre of video game out. Um, and I think this is a definitely a nice bridge um, to, to, to start off in. Because yes, okay, there'll be some people that are better than you, but, you know, you play through all the campaigns and you'll be decent. <laughs> so there. The, um... One cool thing that the original, the first campaign does, and I don't know if this is in Age of Empires 3 or even 2, but um, in the campaign makes a point of this, is that you can make control groups inside of your army. So, like, you can have all your army, or you can, like, have specifically uh, different units. And the reason for this is because, and I think this point, this part is in Age of Empires, like, throughout the series, but it's, like, archers are weak it's there's like a rock paper scissors thing it's like archers are weak to infantry and then it's like spearmen can beat 
horse horsey boys i don't know calvary you know what i mean horsey boys there's this there's this like kind of uh (laughs) horsey boys there's there's a rock paper scissors kind of dynamic going on to a point where and all you have to do to make a control group is double click on one archer it gets you all the archers and then you hit hold down control and hit one and you're like okay these are my archers these guys their job is to shoot the pikemen and then you can control group your horsey boys and like these guys their job is to kill every archer i see and then you get your infantry and like these guys or like the or is the other way around i don't remember but oh. i'm confused no, oh, no the but... siege is different in this game too but i can let rob go yeah yeah no no i i think i think the fact they actually explain control groups i'm gonna be honest i don't think any rts game before has really explained control groups they might have explained it when it comes to buildings like oh like put your building on this so you can you can produce stuff out of that building but it, mm. I, I don't think they've ever like you know i i started using control groups a decade ago so i have that unfair advantage that i'm very much used to to using these right um, yeah. but if like if i'm if i have one big army what i'll do is like separate into one and two for like the specific maybe archers and spearmen or whatever and then have a three actually because i'm lazy and the three is just the whole army <laughs> so the whole army can attack generally and then when i'm in the heat of battle i can do that um and and you know there's another thing to be said of like uh when you're actually in battle to just box like different parts of your army that you want to spread out um beyond the control groups um but yeah siege weapon i actually really like it you can just make a battering ram like on the spot just randomly in the field and it just makes more sense buildings get destroyed faster it's great it's really good (laughs) it means buildings just get evaporated man well no, I, but i was very shocked about how fast you can kill some walls sometimes except for like a castle you know once like people start getting castles like okay you got to do a little more work or you know you have yeah. to work around it but it doesn't feel the same impenetrable force that aoe2 has where it's like yeah if i don't have trebs i'm just ignoring the castle i'm just gonna run around it right um while here it's like if you if you get a certain mass or you can just build some siege weapons uh on the spot and deal with it it, it, it feels like it, it's kind of made less of a need to to put stuff closer to your opponent um maybe it's the map sizes are really nice perhaps it's just the way things naturally are produced but i've never really felt that need of being like okay like let me put everything really really forward let me just i for now at least i've been able to keep most stuff in my base and still my army still gets to reinforce pretty quickly so, another thing back uh pulling back from the new player perspective the first campaign it's basically like a tutorial for a long time and um, you, I don't think the first couple levels you're even physically allowed to lose because <laughs> the the lady will be like, because, of course, remember, I was playing with Play-Doh men, so I was having trouble, like, distinguishing anything from anyone. But um, it was like, uh, you have sword, you have swordsmen. It's like, these guys charge the archers. And if your swordsmen start getting low and it's like, uh, Count Dooku or whoever the hell you're playing, he gets reinforced <laughs> from <Horsemen's>. England. <laughs> and you're like, okay, England. cool. I got more dudes over here. Yeah. <laughs> or something i don't know what's going on anymore i well, I, I swear I, you're supposed to be learning during this but <laughs> so are the normans french i can't tell uh i love the fact that they started off the campaign though giving the, the experience that every rts player dreams of and it's just like here's a big army fight it with another big army and i i always think that is the correct way to go for introducing people to this genre I thought it was cool too. It what it reminded me of was a total war scenario because like in total war, like that's how most battles kind of play out because you get a a setup phase where you get to move everyone around and then there are like like 
you can ambush people and have elements of surprise happen and stuff. It's like in the campaign, the first level, it's like your character is losing. So he decided to feign a retreat to lure them down the hill and make them lose the high ground. I'm like, damn, this is like intense. You know, I mean, I wonder if this happens in, in just normal multiplayer, but it, it probably doesn't. Which, uh, one thing to bring up with, uh, I was talking about, I wanted to ask about the newcomer thing because I'm definitely a newcomer to the Age of Empires series. I probably got less than 10 games under my belt with the whole series. So I asked you if there was any tournaments coming up because you were talking about playing 2v2s and I'm like, oh man, gaming together, me and Nave got to get on a team and, you know, take home the gold for GT. (laughs) No, we got (laughs) to win. So uh, you said you were organizing a, uh, a tournament for your group or a show match or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do plan on having it. Unfortunately, I'm not going to have much time for, well, the way I'm looking, it's like in a month, I'm going to do some kind of tournament or so. Uh, maybe, maybe earlier if, if time permits. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I think everybody, especially now when everyone's still new to the game, that's going to be when it's the most fun. Cause people are all over the place, right? You don't have, you know, you don't have the, the, the tryhards that have played like, you know, the Mario party games, meta. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I think this is some of the most fun tournaments, and I think I think as well it's interesting seeing the AOE two, AOE four kind of split, not split, um, right now. So, and I, I think this is another thing, and it's like with a new game, my mind just gets tired a lot faster. So like I I play like one or two games, and I'm like I've had so much fun, but I'm good for today. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need, and it's nothing to do with the game. It's like no, my mind is done. I had a lot of fun, but I cannot think anymore. So I will now, you know go go you know go watch something or something yeah so you're talking about kind of like preconceptions or whatever that i may have noticed just in my you know visual experience of the game one thing i really like to see were the boars which in in my understanding are a more valuable food source that fights back and roams around the map which i definitely got like league of legends the dragon vibe that's like, like, oh, there's, there's dragon. Like every time I saw the boar in like the, the stream I was watching, I'm like, oh, there he goes. And he's just like walking in the fog of war. Uh, so the resources they're like, you play on random maps a lot, right? And has like random value of resources placed around, right? Yeah. I, so what I'm getting is like that boar mechanic that was in AOE 2 They've, they've pretty much gotten rid of from what I'm seeing. Um, oh no. And I think it's it's mostly the sieves themselves that dictate how you're gonna gather food. Um, I still refuse to gather food from hunting, but I think it is an effective thing because they give you like some bonus. I don't know. I still refuse though. Uh, maybe there's a sieve that like really get, get, makes make sure you you actually go hunting for deer and stuff. But um, yeah, no, I, I I've just it just now you're a sheep collector. So have you seen this? Uh, oh yeah, I've seen the sheep. I've seen the sheep so, move around too. So the sheep. If, if their sheep are with your like main scout which is actually your kind of your hero unit so i thought that's kind of cool because like that unit can like boost um boost uh, your army and stuff like just for like a couple seconds before a fight like at attack speed of your army or whatever um but in the beginning of the game if you collect a sheep and the sheep follows it then it goes like it goes as fast as the main scout like it follows a scout around however if you want to send it back by itself it goes like super super slow <laughs> So it's like this early game of just finding all the sheep you can and then herding them back uh, to give yourself like that starting food amount. Um, but I I, I, li- I like Streamline. I like how Streamline some of those things are because it lets you get to the more you know fun, complicated part of the game later. Another thing that I noticed, the streamer I was watching was playing the um, 
uh, what are they called? Nomad horse people? Mongols. Um, Asia. Uh, yeah, Mongols. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's it. Then, then, everyone's yeah. playing Mongols. Okay, you know why everyone's playing Mongols? All right? They don't, build, don't houses. build houses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not like they didn't need wood for the whole first part of the game, but they you can't build walls is another thing. Like, they don't build walls. It's fine. Or is that just kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, the streamer I was watching... Walls. Yeah. He was like, look, you know, like, this. these don't have to build walls. You know, I'm a horse boy. And I'm like, yeah, a horse boy. And his opponent just built walls like instantly so, <laughs> so his horses like show up to the wall and he's like i need siege you know? <laughs> basically like his horses walk up to the wall the wall appears out of the fog of war and he's like oh and he just like turns back around because he was like i'm gonna go raid i'm gonna go you know mess up some villagers and stuff but he was already too late in the game well here's that weird thing okay oh i mean i'll talk i can talk about mongols forever but um they have a unit that like can shoot a horseback running away right However, that unit can't destroy walls or like buildings. So you get bonuses as Mongols to like actually destroy stuff and like pillage stuff. Um, so what I've been doing is I first make like a, a raiding party that uh, of, of horsemen that just like the basic, basic horsemen that have a spear because they can at least like throw torches and stuff and, and uh, get some early things. And then my next wave is the... Uh, the airplane or the airplane the, the archers <laughs> on horseback. i call them the airplanes because that's how i feel they just zoom around the whole map right it's like civ- Civ- civilization, yeah, civilization revolution all of a sudden like and then i brought in the jet planes to fight against their villagers and they had they had shields and pointy sticks and i had <laughs> tanks and i blew them up yeah but they were like veteran pointy stick boys though so they were really strong with like 19 yeah, bucks they actually made it to the tanks and poked them a little bit before we blew them away. <laughs> One exploded. All right. So uh, just in like other things to notice is like the way the tech tree works. Like before, in my experience, in you know the second one, it was just like a, a flat. You buy this with gold or whatever, and you go to the castle age. With this, it looks like um, a little bit of a split in what bonuses you get based on which I forgot it was like Keystone Building, Landmark Building or something like that. Yeah, Landmark Buildings. Landmark Building, that's it, it. And and the Landmark Buildings, I like it. It means you can keep producing villagers. You don't really stop your economy because before it was like, stop everything else you're doing and like age up, right? Yeah. Here it's like, okay, you, you get this and it gives you kind of bonus. And it's usually one or... I, what I really like is it's like, there are two choices, you know? So if you play a Civ a couple of times, you'll, you'll start realizing which ones you prefer. Um, for instance, there, there's... There's one, it's like, depending on what part of the game you are, it's like, generate free units uh, every 90 seconds. I'm like, yes, I'm lazy. <laughs> Please do that for me. Yeah. Um, or, uh, and I think there's other stuff which I just don't get. Like, I don't know what the other landmarks do. The, the Chinese civilization is really confusing because you need to build certain landmarks to switch what dynasty you're in, and then that dynasty gives you some bonus relative to what it is. So it's, that one's way more complex when it comes to this part of the game. However, the rest of their unit set is pretty pretty straightforward. So I I like how they've really made it complex, but only depending on the civ you use. So like, if you want... I feel like if you choose certain civs, it's like, here's the least complicated, you know, civ to play, right? Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think in landmarks, they're generally pretty cool. And, and the added bonus is that that's a win condition, right? Um, if you... You don't have to destroy all their buildings. You just have to destroy the landmarks, which I think is a way faster way to make sure people aren't, you know, just running around building like individual buildings around the map and then just not refusing to leave. <laughs> they get yeah. mad at you. <laughs> the lifelines. All four corners, you know. <laughs> so 
okay, this might show my ignorance of the other games, but in the second one, it mostly seemed like different uh, civilizations had different, or different nations, so civs, whatever. They had different uh, bonuses, and they would have different signature units. And in this one, it definitely seems more flavorful, with some units just being completely blocked off from, like, the Mongols. They don't build houses, but then they don't build walls, but then they have so many more horse-flavored units. You know what I'm saying? It, like, is yeah, they, more they've done a now? way better job when it comes to the flavor. Because um, in AoE 2, only like recently, only the most recent expansions have they actually had flavor to the Civs. Because um, most of them are just like clones with like, you know, plus minus one unit, plus minus some bonuses. But like, in general, once you know how to play Cav Civs, you can play most of the Cav Civs. Once you know how to play Archer Civs, you can play most of the Archer Civs. Now, I'm not saying you can play them to, you know, the extreme level of all the top players. I'm just saying, in general, you know pretty much how they play. And in this game, it's like, no, every sieve is unique enough that you kind of have to, you know, take some time to, like, digest it and be like, okay, what am I going for here? Uh, like the um, uh, the elephants, <laughs> the... Uh, I just I just want to get the name here uh, before before I uh, say it, but um, the Abbasid Dynasty. So when me and my friend were playing, and we're playing, they're they're playing the Abbasid Dynasty, and then he just kept going for elephants, and just as soon as he got elephants, we just rolled like walls fell down, and like it felt like look, you know, the elephants actually felt like Lord of the Rings elephants. You know, what I mean, and just took yeah. everything down with them. <laughs> no one in the Shire is gonna believe this. <laughs> the Shire is going to believe this exactly. Dave, that's a, a Lord of the Rings reference. See, there's one point where Sam and Frodo go over a hill and they see a bunch of Easterlings or the Dark Men of the East. And they You're have giant elephants. You're making this more elephants. complicated than it is. Oh my <laughs> yeah. goodness. And they're like, oh, look, you know, elephants or elephants, Mr. Frodo. And then Sam's like, no one back home is going to believe this. And then I think he said something like, I don't know if we're going to be making it back home, Sam. Somebody ate all the bread, you know, and then it was a whole thing. I, I don't feel, I don't feel like you did that justice. However, it's is the fact that there there are these elephants that were like three or four times bigger than regular elephants. I guess I guess is the point. Uh, anyway, <laughs> and regular yeah, elephants I, are three or four times bigger than I hobbit elephants. <laughs> yes, yes, the hobbit elephants for sure. Yeah. So anyway, I I I have found that uh, that each of the yeah each of the sieves like as you play them you you realize oh this is the stuff that I need to do with this sieve. So yeah. All right. So I think that covers pretty much anything I wanted to bring up. Uh, Nave, do you have anything you want to mention particular about the game? I think I went through everything. I I went I went through all my knowledge as far as I can go. Well, did you have a sieve that you identified with more in the campaign? Like, I'm sure you were limited on selection, at least with the, the first In the campaign, campaign. Uh, it, like, forces you to be... I was, like, okay. England the whole time. Of course you were. Those oh, I guess my friend... Imperialist. Sorry, I need to make a correction before I get yelled at. Before I get yelled at by my community. Uh, my my friend was probably playing the de- the, the, del- the Delhi Sultanate, because they have the war elephants. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it was probably that one. Uh, I was gonna... I was gonna say that I mean, you want, you want to talk about like the two v two aspect a little bit? I'm sure. Yeah, because it's tech. We are technically on a co op podcast, right? Yeah, we are a gaming co op podcast. <laughs> um, I I will say it, it's been a lot of fun because essentially what I've been doing is just having one of us play the sieves we're comfortable with, 
so we like we can survive slash win that way and then the other person gets to try out a new sieve so i'm enjoying that and it it takes the pressure off and it's a lot of fun just being ridiculous and yeah uh we we i think we are we've only lost one game out of the three or four we played and uh i think it's because that game we decided to both try new sieves so um it's it's that fine line between trying something new and having fun with it and you know also wanting to win so that that's my then my experience co-op i don't know if the campaign is co-op i i, I don't think it is but maybe one day cool. <laughs> which nave we always uh we have words for people like that that play their mains in normal games or quick games on league just shaking my head at you i have many i have many words I'm yeah, very you, angry every time I see that across the screen, across you, the team. I'm like, oh no. You go into a normal game and you see a Yasa with 700,000 mastery points and you're like, oh, this guy has 900 hours on Yasa when he's playing normals. Shake my head. Absolute disgraceful. And then I play Zach and I have a billion points and I name is Zactical Nuke. But also I haven't played in like five months. So give me a break, guys. Can you just give me a break? Nah, man. I can, be, I can be slightly a hypocrite. All right, I don't think I can play ranked with any. I think all my friends are gold now, and I'm bronze MMR, so Which, I can't even play ranked with you guys. They updated the client where on League where you have a friends leaderboard now when you like can log in and you can see the ranks of all your friends compared to you to see where you're standing. I'm currently unranked, but most of my friends, That's except up. for I think uh, Victor, are like silver, but Victor's gold. He's like gold too. But everyone else is still yeah, there, well, so, you know. That's the thing. Victor mostly played on his Brazilian account. I know how he fucking gained the system, all right? Oh, yeah. Because, like, you know, I'm you know, I'm playing on a super old account. I have, like, established MMR. You know, if you get on a brand new account, get to level 30, and then start playing ranked really good, it'll put you higher up, right? Yeah. So he had a Brazilian account for a while and played on that. Got that. He, like, played with his friends. His friends are pretty good, too. And he got that account to gold. But in the Brazilian region... But he, uh, but whenever he got his American account up to like level thirty, he had he already had so much knowledge already. He had been he had been there, done that. You know what I mean? So whenever he did his uh, placements, and I was like high silver whenever I did it with him too. So because I played some of his placements with him, and it ended up giving him a pretty high MMR, and he just had to barely try to jump over that hurdle. Meanwhile, I'm over here getting like, like. 15 lp a win and 20 lp a loss i'm just like how do i get out of bronze at this point because i'm playing a i'm playing a tank you know what i mean i'm not trying to carry the game i'm, I'm kind of curious because this kind of relates a little bit to the fact that right now aoe 4 doesn't have like a like a ladder system and i'm just curious like what would a league be if there never was a ladder system <laughs> you could only play normals more fun That'd be weird you know it's too weird of... more fun <laughs> like my wife, she plays a lot of TFT, but she doesn't like to play ranked TFT. And it confuses me because I'm like, how do you know if you're winning? You know, like, then I think back to like Halo and all these social games we played, which would like, there wasn't really a rank or was there a rank? Like it would just level up no. your overall level, like your overall Spartan level would go up, but you would, so you'd only get XP, but there was no in-game rank. But we played so much social You didn't Slayer. even get experience in social. Again? No. Oh, well, I mean, the social slayer matchmaking you did. I thought you were talking about custom games. Oh, well, custom games too. Because whenever we, whenever we first started playing together, I was always upset because you always wanted to play custom games, and I'm just like, I just want to get experience and level up. Can can we play social slayer? And you're like, no, pink death. And yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> we're only playing, playing cancer game now. types we made. 
yeah but eventually i was like oh well this is fun and i would be playing like ranked by myself and i got i would get pretty high i'd get like in the what is it what is it like go up to like 50 or something yeah 50 was top and i think i got in like mid 30s and i but i was starting to get egregiously fucking frustrated at this game like i do with all games i begin to take seriously mm-hmm. and so and so i was like oh i kind of like playing custom games it's kind of a breath of fresh air to play you know jenga tower for like three hours straight so but custom now games adult. in aoe4 like do, do you guys play among us or whatever made up game type happens to be the flavor of the week in custom games for AOE four, I haven't looked at AOE four. I, I listen. The game is so new right now that there's no need to like go over extra content for me. I'm like, okay. Every time I go in, I'm like, I have not consumed enough of this game to be like, okay, let's let's try new stuff. However, the, there is no custom or like a map editor in the game, hmm. right? So that's what there's thing map seeds. Cool. Like you, there's seeds yeah. for the maps. I've I've noticed. Like whenever you create a, a game to like invite people to. So I guess the point is like usually in these games you have like an in-game map editor that's everything's laid up for you. So if you want to make your own maps, you can. And it, yeah, not... you can put a bunch of hot rods inside of, of, <laughs> of like entrenched area with a bunch of uh, villagers and just murder them over and over. That's what I did as a kid. Yeah, so you you can't do that, and so that's one thing you can't uh, stay. You know, watch the map after it's it's gone. So there's a couple little things that like replays. people from AOE two, yeah, AOE two. You have ten replays. Only ten. Last I heard, only ten. Yeah, magical number ten. Okay, only your ten, ten best. All right, get eleven. Get rid of that one. You know. Man. But the eleventh yeah. one was the one where my wife was giving birth during it, and I, <laughs> I will remember it forever. Uh, it, it's what's with all well, these Microsoft League saved your last ten replays. I was like, what's with all these Microsoft properties not having fucking Forge mode and fucking theater mode on release? Now I'm starting to get a little upset. Like you don't even have ranked. Yeah, I mean, but to be fair, I, I once like I maintain that Overwatch, all right, was the best game it was before ranked was ever introduced, and that's when the game, that's when the game went downhill. I'm telling you, <laughs> it should have stayed like Team Fortress Two, where yeah, exactly. I don't even know if there well, was a ranked. It was just like you drop in a match right. and play. Side tangent, all right. But the biggest okay. problem with Overwatch is it was too balanced, and people, and this is the same problem with Artifact is that if you're too good at balancing the game, you want, sometimes you need some variety. Sometimes you need to get stomped. Sometimes you need to stomp some players, okay? You can't just have every game be on, like, a knife's edge because you're going to be like, I'm stressed, all right? I want to just, like, win one game easily from time to time. And Overwatch, Whenever I first started playing yeah. that game, I was just playing the ball boy. What's his name? Where he's doing the fucking hamster? Naruto hand sides as he's fucking shooting. Oh, Zenyatta, Zenyatta. Yeah, Zomato. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, this guy is not a healer. Like, I am just killing people. Like, I was just, wa- I was playing like I was McCree or whatever the fuck his name is. Now I'm like, bah, gah, 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 <laughs> fucking slaughtering everyone. And I'm like, this is crazy. But then I started playing Lucio because I, I didn't really like Overwatch. I just like to screw around. And Lucio is like one of the screwing around characters. It feels yeah. like like he's like bouncing people off of the off of the freaking map and stuff. Like it's Smash Brothers. It's Lucio's very fun. I would just like run around the edge of maps and just knock people off all the time. Get like angry messages on Xbox Live. Oh, you were playing Overwatch on Xbox? SMH. Yeah, because you had to download the what is the Blizzard client? I don't want to fucking download the Blizzard client, (laughs) man. I don't want to. Don't make me do it. I just downloaded Epic Games so that I can play. Oh shit, I just freaking. Oops. I just downloaded the EA freaking thing so that I can play. uh, Origin? What is it? 
I don't know what it's called anymore. It just says EA on my de on my desktop. But I wanted to play the uh, the the re-releases of Command and Conquer. I didn't even I haven't even played them yet because by the time I got around one got around to wanting to play the Age of Empires four was already out, and I was like, I'm just gonna play this. <laughs> play this thing you know i actually own the origin versions of all the command and conquers too like the master pack maybe we should play it together rob you in we're gonna play some command and conquer i, I have them I, I have the command and conquers i mean i don't yeah. know if after you want to play after this maybe, i haven't I thought that's we'll our time it is we'll, we'll see what time is but I, i'm yeah. down I, I have all of them i've not played through all, i've played some of them not all of them uh if they're co-op yeah let's next episode we, we'll work i don't even we'll know play it we'll record it <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I know how to get into my EA, EA account. So I'd have to like look at the recover so, password. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, boys. So we've been going for a solid minute. Uh, we have probably not gone in depth for most of your average listeners, but our co-op partners at home are probably sitting pretty. So is there anything if else you, you would like to hit on? I was With thinking it, like, if you wanted just where we hit that break, just reverse order it. So that the Age of Empires stuff is first, and then we can be like, and this is the end of gaming together. But here's the beginning of where we weren't where we weren't talking about that. Or you can just are you trying to memento this matter. right now? Like how the beginning? I was of gonna the say end? we should keep this in and then not do that. <laughs> Perfect. That's, that's that's our that's definitely our style. <laughs> don't edit that. Okay. Right. <laughs> or so, we could. I don't know. I don't care. So whatever. It's your show. I'll just throw I mean, it on my feed. I don't care. <laughs> well, before we start moving on to our uh, other stuff, would you like to say any final words for the game? Final words. Um, I think this is definitely a discount one. Okay. I, Cause I think the, the base game is expensive. It's not for everyone. If you, if you are a fan of workout three, if you're a fan of Starcraft, if you're, you know, an entire blizzard, uh, playing those other two games, like that could be a topic we could have talked about when we were talking about blizzard. But anyway, um, so the, uh, if you liked any RTS game in the past, I'm sure you'll love this. this is the first like AAA type game. Um, and maybe for you, it's definitely a buy. Um, but I think for most people, especially with people who want to try it out, um, is it on the, the Microsoft like game story? Like, can you try it out without, it's, about game without pass? It? Game uh, pass, it's on yeah. game pass for sure. Yeah. That's how I'm playing it. Yeah. Like so it was it $20 a month and you can get the game. So if you have game pass, definitely, definitely try it out. Um, and, and, for everyone else away for a discount uh because it, it's it's just enough high range that it's like if you're not into the rts genre if you're not sure definitely wait till it's like 50 percent off in in half a year or whatever it is um, i would but, definitely pay for game pass just to play age of empires and then the, like because there will be other things there's other things on there too like commanding the command and conquer stuff i is also on game pass because it's on ea play so that's how i'm going to end up playing them you just anyways. go month by month because if you go month by month on like a 20 dollar game pass for one month i'm not sure because i haven't paid for gold, xbox live gold or like game pass in like seven years because like the moment the microsoft rewards program began i was like this is always going to go towards my xbox gold and now my game pass i have enough microsoft rewards points to for like three and a half years of game pass ultimate like i will never have to pay for this again it's fucking sweet i'm always telling people i'm like fucking sign up for that sign up for it just play video games <laughs> And they give you points, and then you use those points to never pay for your stupid, their stupid online service. But anyway, that's what Philip was sitting on even, right now. I think also, even if you did yeah. pay twenty bucks, I think that would be the the nice solution. Try it out and then see if you like it or not. Yep. If you haven't subscribed to Game Pass, uh, the first month is a dollar, I think. Ooh. 
I think that's how they get them in. All right, Nave, do you have some final words for uh, AOE4? Did we talk about Blizzard? You said we talked about Blizzard a second ago. We, we talked about Overwatch like... briefly, but... Oh, Overwatch is a Blizzard game. I, for... I forget. But but I, I want to say that, like, right now, everyone's very discontent with Blizzard, so people who are Warcraft slash Starcraft fans, I think, are pretty pretty eagerly switching over this game. Like, I, I have a potential, like... Man, I love Starcraft and Starcraft too, but this... I don't listen. I don't want to. I don't want to hyperbolize. All right, uh, gotcha. going to hyperbole. But I do have a sneaky suspicion that if the game is good enough and enough StarCraft posts switch over, they're not going back because um, Blizzard has pretty much ever since last year stopped supporting StarCraft two. Um, and they, they have like you know the joke is there's one intern <laughs> working there now, um, <laughs> and then just like this one intern keeping the servers alive. Um, but it's like the game isn't supported. The company is is its worst public display, and you know, horrendous, some horrendous crap um, in the company itself. And it's like you know, this is now probably a time where a lot of people are like, okay, I want to play RTS games, and you know, we're going to combine three or four communities into this one game. It's going to be the biggest game for the next little bit. Um, let me try it, and if it, I think the one year mark is going to be big, right? If when we're talking about this game in a year, like next November um if if it's at least maintained uh most of its player base right if, if most of the rts people have switched over to this game it'd be nice if all there because like this is the thing rts is a niche genre as it is but it'd be nice if there was like an rts game where all the people just like combined agreed agreed came in there so like we had yes rts is never gonna be the biggest game in the world all right but you could have like you know your 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 250,000, right Instead of your fifty thousand, maybe that that play regularly. Which, by the way, did you see the numbers on Forza Motorsport Four to loop <laughs> it the all numbers? the way back around like a glorious horseshoe? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, what's up? Forza, Forza Motorsport Four. They had a early like they had an early release on Friday. I think I think I told you about this already, Philip. But on Friday they had an early release. Like if you paid fifty dollars if you're subscribed to Game Pass, or if you pay like a hundred and twenty dollars for like the Ultimate Edition without Game Pass. Um, you get to play the game on Friday rather than the release date on Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. On, by the time Tuesday came around, there was already over a million people playing the game. Oh like, already God. over a million people paid at least $50 to play this game <laughs> a few days early. And then, whenever Game Pass, whenever it came out on Tuesday, jumped up to, like, four and a half million. That is... Ridiculous. Wow. Well, here's the thing, and I, I think people keep forgetting about this. But there are like niche communities that I wouldn't consider niche anymore. You know what I mean? Like they're not mm-hmm. mainstream, but like their community itself has grown so large, right? I mean, there's even a, like an argument to be made about YouTube creators these days, right? Like yeah. I, I think there's 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 several like even 10 million plus subscribed YouTube people that are amazing. That their 10 million is a unique 10 million that yeah. isn't mainstream. People don't know outside of that bubble, um, but yet they're really successful, right? So I, I find that deeply fascinating. But I mean, yeah, it, and it's definitely like because I wouldn't consider for I think Forza um, Horizon is like a different crowd than Forza Motors Forza Motorsport. I think there's definitely like overlap, like in the little Venn diagram. There's a pretty big chunk in the middle, but like the heart there's a Horizon and Motorsport are two completely different games for sure. Like this game, you are like launching off of bridges, you're like smashing through trees and shit, and in Forza Motorsport, you're like you tippity tap someone's bumper and now you're going four miles an hour and you're like crashing everyone yeah. behind you forza motorsport is like the 
I want this to be as realistic of a video game as it possibly can be. <laughs> you know, that's that's what yeah. I feel like with it. Which the thing is, is with that is my I I don't like have a preference between one or the other. Like I am sometimes in the mood for the for the uh, simulation and sometimes not. And when because when I play the when I play motorsport the simulation. Um, I have it basically on like easy difficulty, like not baby mode, but I have it on easy difficulty where I am having to like brake pedal and stuff, but I still have the line there that tells me like it turns yellow if I need to slow yeah. down and it turns red if I need, if, if a hardcore turn is coming. And I'll put that game in first person. Like I never play driving games from like the steering wheel point of view, but I will in Forza Motorsport and presumably also in Gran Turismo. I don't. I guess I w would assume, but um, I go into a trance and I will play that game for like four hours, just listening to like, like EDM or like hip hop or something, and just play that game for a very extended period of time, like once every couple of months. Like I used to always have Forza Motorsport downloaded, and Horizon's a different beast. It's like a, it's more like Burnout, I think. Like not without all of the awesome crashing shit that would be really cool, <laughs> but yeah. it's like it's like Burnout if Burnout took all the fun shit out which Can sounds bad say, but everything everything that's there is really good i looked up uh, forza horizon 4 and like the first thing i see is lego speed champions there's just like a lego car in this <laughs> somewhat serious game i love the crossover i just thought i'd mention it yeah they had a hot wheels crossover too and that looked actually really cool where like you're like doing loop-de-loops and shit and i was like that sounds well, really I'm, cool honestly sign me up it's way cooler than that nerf video game where they're not even shooting nerf guns they're shooting like real guns or something like that what are or like you laser about? guns have you seen it i don't know no, i just i, I, I saw there was a paintball game that came out on like 360 way back in the day it's like who wants to oh, play paintball awful. when you can play call of duty you know that's the thing that that's what they thought when they were making the nerf game they were like we don't want to shoot nerf darts so like they just give them guns then that shoot something else i don't know <laughs> i'm like but it's not nerf anymore why even do it yeah, it's nerf or nothing. All right. So, Nate, final words for AOE4 so we can end this? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're doing that. I feel like I do this every time. Um, Not it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Have a strong computer that isn't shitty. I don't even think you need a super strong computer to play this game. I just think that my computer's shitty enough that it's definitely confused. There's, like, an intern that's in there looking at my diagnostics every time I fucking garage, just scratching his head, like, what in the hell is going on with this guy's PC? God. All right, That's for, it. for my uh, little last words, I still haven't played the game, but with the up, upcoming ASAP tournament, whatever, me and Dave are going to take gold, so I'm going to have to start playing, and I am excited to see where this game goes in the future, because just looking at it now, it looks, okay, I know it's weird to say that in a in this modern day and age, to see a game that looks complete on launch is notable, but this game <laughs> looks complete on launch it feels so far videos. maybe i haven't played yeah. enough <laughs> okay. i haven't seen the invisible walls yet but apparently this game looks pretty good just from my views we'll see how it looks in the future when they start adding more content and patching and probably balancing in the future but i'm excited to see this game develop i think by definition these kinds of games have invisible walls they have to well yeah <laughs> i know that's like the border around the the, the map okay. oh okay that's a I, I i okay this is just Go a side tangent it. but instead of just having it like drop off into nothingness and there isn't anything there it's now just like this like land that continues but they have like a line marked in the sand this like fancy line oh really you can't pass this which i kind of oh like. 
the fucking fog of war i don't know if it's like this in the multiplayer but the fog of war in the campaign it looks like a freaking cartographer's map yeah as yeah, you're walking it through it it's, it's all... really fucking cool it's You've really cool seen it. it's almost like too stylistic sometimes where i'm like i okay there's weird mountain range and now i can't see anything well i guess that makes sense but anyway <laughs> Oh, also, like, I, they were, there's a part in the first campaign where it's, like, you get, like, a horsey boy, and it's, like, if you get up higher in elevation, you can see further. And I'm, like, was this in Age of Empires 2? Because this makes total sense, and I don't remember ever doing this. I don't know why, like, movie, because every time I play, like, multiplayer AoE 2 or, like, skirmishes against bots is usually what I did, I would just, I would be, like, scout, go to that corner, and then I just forget about them <laughs> until I don't. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, there's a scout over there in the corner. Go to this corner now. <laughs> All right, if I'm not mis... Oh, wow, I, I really don't want to answer that question because I, I feel like that's a, also a thing that people could yell at me for. But um, I'm pretty sure the way it works is like if someone was on a cliff, the person on the cliff could see the person below it, but the person that's looking up a cliff can't see what's on top of the cliff oh, unless no. they're attacked or something like that. I don't know. That's weird. Uh, RTS is always weird about that one, but it makes sense that if you're Elevation's higher up, you weird. further. Yeah. I mean, that was the biggest problem with, with the original, you know, RTS games is like trying to figure out elevation and also eight, eight, the bit, 8-bit or no, whatever the graphics, the way the way they're made was different than these days. Um, like when they had sprites modeling. instead of yeah, models. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but I'm just imagining episode 28, Age of Empires 4, elevation is weird. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, just, I've gotten to the point where I'm starting to like listen for like maybe if a title comes up and then that's the only that's the only time I've remembered like oh that because I'll be like that's never gonna come up again so that's probably safe to make the title. Oh, right, that's something I worry about these days at this point because uh, we have so much episodes. I'm like, did I use this title before? I don't know. <laughs> it's Nave, hard. Do you have Twitter stuff? No, I forgot to I forgot to do it. All right, that's fine. Twitter didn't send anything in. Right. Thanks, Twitter. Bye-bye now, Twitter. All right. So with that, uh, this is where we say goodbye to the ASAP Weekly AOE listeners and say hello once again to the co-op partners. I don't know. Do you want to cut your part of the thing there? I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll see. You know what? But I kind of want want to give a little bit of a shout okay. out to your show. And a little bit of the right. feel, so I I'm not gonna cut I'm not even gonna cut out the random side tangent about League of Legends in the middle. Okay, I'm gonna our listeners are gonna are they gonna they're either gonna love it or hate it. But if they love it, that means there's a better chance. Like if you like that kind of stuff, to enjoy the rest. Oh, of I it. just had a panic moment. Like, did we even say of Legends ever, or did we just keep calling it League again? Out of it just habit, matter. it doesn't matter. League is fun. But anyways, this is where we would read any comments or emails or tweets from you co-op partners at home. So please tweet at us or email in at gametogetherpod@gmail.com. All right, that little plugarino is over. So, Nave, what are we doing next week? Gonna try and get through Morrowind. Yeah, how are you liking Morrowind so it. far? Morrowind's sick. Have you played Morrowind, Robert? No, I've not. Well, oh my God, you need to play Morrowind. it. It's Very so old. good. No, it's good, not old. Yeah, it's old too, but it's good. We're playing it with a mod that lets us play co- cooperatively online on a server. And I think this is one of the few instances where the co-op is actually making the game harder. <laughs> where, is. like, if it, like, in, because in the game in single player, you just, like, key bind a quick save button and just quick save, like, every couple, like, every, like, two or three minutes. So that if something bad happens, you just reload. But now when we both die, 
we can revive each other, but we come back with like one percent health, and then we just get hit and stun locked, <laughs> and then killed again. And yeah. I, so it, I would just watch Philip running around, pick me up, and I'm like, I'm dead again. Pick me up, I'm dead again, <laughs> until Philip himself died. <laughs> and it's like this is. Oh, and one thing we'll talk about later on, but we are playing a mod on a public server, so there are like glitches. And one glitch that I experienced where all my skills got reset back to base levels, just at, like, this is like, this is, we've been playing for probably like 20 hours at this point. We have yeah. been putting in work and all of a sudden my level 30 character has level 25 destruction <laughs> magic again. And I'm a caster and it is so hard to grind up magic abilities. Like maybe talks to my runescape noises where I'm always casting a spell to level it up because in this, you have fail rates on your magic. And it also uses more magic the worse your skill is. So my skills are so <laughs> crap that, like, Nave's like, can you heal me? And I'm like, I got you, brother. Womp, kirk, failed. Womp, failed. <laughs> and then, like, finally I'll cast it, and I'll heal him, like, ten points. And I'll be like, and I'm out of magic, Nave. <laughs> <laughs> and magic doesn't regenerate in this game. You get magic only when you take a sleep or take a nap. <laughs> take a sleep yeah yeah because it's, 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 like, it's the new word they use for it you know yeah when you, when you take a sleep to get your magic back and so i'm useless 95 percent of all the encounters we do nave is just like big bonk boy with his battle axe that just walks yeah. in and starts smashing things meanwhile i'm like this little like oh, i'm just like this little magic dude that's just like jumping around failing my magic spells and i'm like all right nave you're on your own or I'll pull out my sword and I'm just like, I'm swinging my sword. This game also has hit chance. So it's not even like if you swing at a target and he's melee range, you'll do minimum damage of like one. No, you roll. Like if you're okay, here's how I think it is. So let's say your blade skill is like 20. You will roll a hundred sided dice, you know, one to a hundred and you need to roll under your skill to have it count as a hit. And it also factors in like plus or minuses based on, your like agility compared to their agility compared to their armor values. So I'll go in there and I'm like, okay, I have 20 blade skill where you're fighting a cave rat that probably has like <laughs> semi-decent agility, but no armor values. My agility is pretty trash. So I have a 7% chance to hit this rat. And I'm like doing like the fallout three vats where I'm like calculating the correct, you know, hit I got to do. And meanwhile, like, I'm like, Dave, I'm going to need your help with this one. As I'm like, been fighting this rat for 20 minutes. <laughs> rat. Yeah. And Dave has like level 87 axe. So he never misses. <laughs> so he'll just walk yeah, over Phil and go. Was like, oh my, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll start fighting with someone. And he's like, oh my God, you hit him like five times in a row. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, I'm just like, this game is brutal. Whoosh, 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 missing every time. But you only level up on hits. You only get XP for hits. So it's like once you start, like once you get around 50, it's easy to like level up. But then, of course, exponentially more experience is needed. Anyways, this is way too in detail for what we're going to be talking about next week when we finish the game, hopefully. God, so excited to play some more of that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I want to take this time to thank Robert from the ASAP family of podcasts for coming out to gaming together once again thanks for coming thank you no i i I love being on these shows um i i feel like uh you can tell the uh we we i I, at least for me i i don't know i i've had a you know a pretty pretty long day at work today oh yeah i think we're all exhausted should should i should i mention this no go for it yeah go for it all right (laughs) 
All right, there was there was a scuffle uh, oh, in the class no. that I was teaching, so I had to I had to call some parents. Um, there you go. That that was my day. Uh, and then it's like I didn't get back to like two hours before the show. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And it's like I love doing the show, so just, like don't worry about that. But there was part of me that was like, <sighs> I want to be home like an hour and a half earlier. <laughs> and it's like here I here I am just getting back now grab something to eat and uh, let's do this so yeah yeah i've had a couple i think i've had two different times where we had a guest on we had a time and then my job was like we're sending you out to take like 15 packages that came in late (laughs) and only you no one else we've picked you you're the lucky one and i'm like oh god all right now i'm calculating traffic i'm like i think i need to take the back roads home just so that i can make it 20 minutes late to my own podcast (laughs) i'm just like oh god i hate freaking hate being a mailman sometimes and that's why we're professionals sometimes i mean like a lot of the time a lot you know it's funny you say that nave because we are still in development we'd like to set up eventually some kind of uh i don't know funding program maybe patreon or something eventually and then what if we could do this full time can you imagine that i don't i can't Uh, imagine it i don't think it's ever gonna happen yeah (laughs) but maybe that sounds hardcore maybe we can play games that aren't on game pass hey listen listen goals are important okay goals are important sponsored by game pass (laughs) maybe yeah maybe we'll get bought by kotaku or something oh i would sell my soul to kotaku even though they post some of the cringiest stuff but yeah they would never they would never they would listen to five seconds they're like not this guy god all right well uh, I think we need to end it here. So thanks for joining us today, co-op partners. Maybe we can uh, be some horsey boys together next time. Bye. Bye. Nay. Hey. Hey.